actually went to Macy's today <laughs> to try to find underwear. And, you know, I define myself as a humanist. But l- being through there in the maze that, yeah. you know, I think Ra- Frank Zappa could not comprehend. Yeah. And then looking at the man trying on shoes and looking at his old feet, it, it made it hard today. Did, did you not pack underwear? I actually had one pair. Um, so I, it's hard to rotate your underwear with one pair. But I will figure it out. We have a we have a team of costume designers, one person. Why did you pack one pair? Of, you were here for a few days, and well, then you're going up. I came from Toronto, and I just thought, how great it is to be lean. Yeah. You know, I have a fantasy always about, like, that. when I can't sleep at night, I think of all the things I would put in my little knapsack. And just my little knapsack that would keep me going for four days, I'd have that suit jacket and that pair of, uh, that sweater. And so I think I uh, was too indulgent in my uh, leanness. It's it's a bit like the uh, the apocalypse fantasy, right? Of what, what what you would take with you yeah. at the end of the world. Yeah, and it's yeah. supposed to be a picture of your family, yeah. you know, uh, or a bar of gold, which means, <laughs> you know. <laughs> also a weapon. Or or a deep purple machine head. Yeah. Like, it's it's up to you, really. Yeah, I yeah. just uh, underwear would. I, that's the one thing I think that you can't get away with. Well, you can you can go commando, and there is a show called Naked and Afraid where they they're both naked and afraid. But they're not in New York City. No, they are not. They would be more afraid if they <laughs> yes. were in New York City. Yes. Uh, so it's been it's been it's been swamped. I mean, you know, we this I think I kind of lucked out that we were even we even managed to squeeze this in. You had um, you had what a reading yesterday, and uh, yeah, I did a, I did a little thing at UCB where yeah. I, I read this new book I did, and then. The previous night, I did a reading in a bookstore in Jersey City, and that was that was really fun. It was really fun. To, I, I love to do those. Just know? sort of you're you're, in, you're only in New York every so often, so let's jam. Yeah, question. I mean, you know, other times I've done a whole show. I yeah. did, uh, you know, my book came out in Canada a yeah. few months ago. Did a whole show, and then, but it's so nice to sort of piggyback on the Kids in the Hall tour and just do the odd thing now that my now that it's out here in the states. Um, so, so the book, the book, the book is related to the show, which is related to the TV show. Kind of. I'm. I did the show's called uh, the Young Drunk Punk, and I do a stage show called Young Drunk Punk. Um, it's confusing. I know it's very confusing. I actually started writing stuff, and then I did a one-person show. Well, two two people because the guitarist from Shadowy Man from a Shadowy mm-hmm. Planet, Brian mm-hmm. Connolly, plays with me. And I thought, oh, let's get publishers down and see if they want to do a book. And they did. And then on the same night, a, a TV executive came and said, this would be – one part of this would be a really good TV yeah. series. So I'm doing a TV series of that in Canada. And then a different part is kind of in the book. So it's very, kind of complicated. It's the industry of me, which I've avoided until my early 50s. Yeah. Well, you've got kids to support now. so you. Yeah. And for some reason, I'm interested in stories about myself, which the kids in the hall kind of is in an yeah. obtuse way. But um, I don't know. For whatever reason, uh, the weather things came coalesced, and I wanted to do that. It's it's funny actually. I, I spoke to this was years ago now, probably like five or six years ago. Um, Kevin was in town at UCB doing uh, his one man show. Right. So this is sort of. Did you see is, his show? I did. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's it yeah. really is about his life and the kids in the hall. Yeah. Um, and I I don't do like in my show people go why don't you have more kids in the hall stories and in my book I don't have. Many kids in the hall stories. I have a few, but that, why? Why? Why, why do why I? Are, are you distancing? Obviously, you're not distancing. Well, yourself from the kids I, I don't hall, know. But. I don't know. I mean, there's a surreality to some of the stuff I do. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. The kids in the hall. We're ultimately going to have a biography written about us, but mm. it's not really my story to tell. Yeah. And you know, probably having been, you know, a little curmudgeon through at least you know the first 
20 years of the troupe. I don't know. I just I didn't. It wasn't my story to tell. A little bit. What, is, what do you mean, Kermit? You weren't. You're, you're not necessarily proud of the way you behaved when you were in the troop. Oh well, I think I was a pretty tough, tough yeah. character, and maybe that helped us at a certain point. Like, yeah. you know, the fire that it took to, to, you know, to yell at executives from CBS who didn't know who, or whatever that was. Um, I, I think that served us for a while, but it was probably, you know, we were young men in our twenties yeah. when we yeah. started, all thinking we were the. Our, our lead guitar solos were the best. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, me probably, uh, you know, I was probably a bit of a battering ram for us. Yeah. And with us. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with, with, with a, a few people. I think it's really fascinating. Um, yeah, you know, I spoke to uh, uh, the lead singer of Harvey Danger about this, and, and he was sort of talking about his biggest regret and, and sort of the, you know, the things that he did because they, 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 they didn't feel punk rock enough at the time, you know, the thing like, so it, which were sort of maybe silly in, in retrospect and maybe opportunities that he didn't take because they didn't really fit with his world plan. Well, I was that guy too. I remember when, you know, the kids in the hall, when gap ads were uh, just yeah. coming out and were a big thing, I wouldn't do a gap ad yeah. because I, I was counterculture. I was a punk and I didn't think that was right. And I, we, we couldn't be on the cover of GQ because I wouldn't wear clothes that people bought and put on me, which I still kind of like that young per, p- part of myself yeah. that I had. I had stuck to my guns that I wasn't, sh- you know, that I thought were about legitimacy and, and artistry. But uh, I think I probably could have tempered that with what did the other four guys want to do? Do, do you do you do you ever look back on them and and realize that they were you were taking sort of <clears throat> silly stances at the time? Oh, a little bit. I even and. I, even when we did promos for the show, I remember going, I'm not going to tell people to watch my show <laughs> because if they want to watch my show, they're going to watch it. So yeah. I, I stood there in you know in the five shot while the other guys had to go, watch our show and, you know, poor them having yeah. to have, yeah. you know, <laughs> sulky punk boy beside them. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, and then now probably the pendulum swings too far. You know, we did a thing at Sirius yesterday and it's like, oh, we have to do a meet and greet and we have to take pictures with everyone in the audience. Oh, okay. No one told us about it, but okay. You know, and that's what happens when you get older. You get kind of worn down. You know, when when you go for Just for Laughs and someone says, would you hold the Just for Laughs logo and take a picture? You know, the young part of all of the kids in the hall would say, I'm not fucking holding your little green logo <laughs> you know but as you get older you go ah are, am i gonna die on this hill <laughs> that's interesting yeah that, that's i guess that's what ultimately you know if you, if you live long enough that's ultimately what kills punk rock right is everybody right, yes. just gets a little a little tired yeah you do still you, you do still use um you know so i was reading and i was doing minimal research on the way here i was reading an interview that you did and you you still call yourself an old punk though well without question and i think you know i mean that's the thing and the enjoy of Enjoyment of actually doing Kids in the Hall and even at this age yeah. in a sense, which is, you know, the myth of growing up is ridiculous. I've, I've gained some a little bit of wisdom. I try to be a better person than I was when I was younger. But I'm still the same little weird outsider in some sense, whether it's here or on stage or, you know, going into NBC to sell a show or, or, or whatever it is. You know, when I come to a hotel, I think, oh, are they going to let me be in a hotel don't they know I'm just a little boy who has a has a credit <laughs> card? Um, so I think yeah. I think it's the point of view which the best part of punk, which is you know when I talk about it in my book, which is outsiders 
and I do feel like I'm an outsider. And the, the your whole world, all the people you talk to, all in your podcast and website and everything, they're all counterculture. We're all yeah. all the people who come to our shows are counterculture. But luckily, there's a few of them. You know, and and have been for a while. I I get that. You know, I mean, I'm I'm in my 30s, and I and I, I still have this feeling every so often of of um, you know, I, I've I've got I've obviously got my friends and my and my things that I like, and but I always get that. There's always that feeling of like this isn't quite where I belong. <laughs> I I get that. I I feel like I get that sort of everywhere. You know, like I that doesn't that sense doesn't really go away. Uh, well, I think it doesn't, and I think once you realize that, that's you know, I'm having to write a piece on. Uh, uh, humanism because I spouted on a radio show that I was a humanist so somebody <laughs> kind of called me on it and they're they're doing a humanist magazine so yeah. it's like oh Christ what the hell does humanism even mean but I think it is it is something about uh, the poster smile pat you know smile pass it on or some some form of we're all in this together and we're all imposters or we're all lost and we're all little children yeah. waiting for their mommy or daddy to come home and we're all the same yeah, I I um I started watching your show. I was I was uh, I was a teenager at the time, and I, I think um I think we had just gotten Comedy Central, or maybe Comedy Central just just be, become a thing. And it was one of those. It's on a short list of of things that I found that was just just enough outside of the mainstream that it was just it was a thing that I immediately wanted to attach myself to. You know, it was it was it was uh, it was on television. Right, but it was weird. It was it, it, it was off, you know. So yeah. we used to come home from school every day and, and watch. I think it was it, it was in reruns at that point. But you 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 guys did manage to build something similar to that, something similar to 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 punk. I mean, I, it's it's a hard. It's maybe a hard thing to explain to people. It's certainly still out there now. It's it's maybe harder to explain in this era when um, you could feasibly just get anything at all times. Right, but. Just this idea that there was something out there for you. Well, yes, and I mean, because I'm older, I I grew up at a time where, you know, I, I grew up in Calgary, and yeah. bands didn't come to Calgary. And how do you find your people? You hope to, you know, wear nurses' shoes and a weird, you know, and an eye patch, and yeah, hope, uh, yeah. and affectation, yeah, and and hopefully they'll they'll bump into you and not beat you up. And like now, all the all the weirdos can find each other in a real way. Although, of course, everybody's going, well, who's really connected? Because there's 19 people, you know, looking at their phones yeah. and not each other. But, yeah, um, and we were probably a show at the time, obviously before the Internet and all that. Even our last tour was kind of before the Internet. Like, how do you find people? Um, but uh, so if you, fi- you found us, you go, oh, there are weird sort of suburban losers like myself. <laughs> and they're on TV, you know. It, what, what strikes me about you guys, though, is, is you're um, at least you know what I what I know of you on on the show and everything else you guys have done and interviews you've done. Um, you, you strike me as very different people, all of you, you know. And 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 it's that's a fascinating thing, though, that you um, it still made sense that you still found each other and that it, that it still worked out. I mean, was it was it how how clear was it how early on that you had found the right people? Well, I don't know if it was. I think when you're young, you don't value the friendships around mm-hmm. you, in a sense. And I'd met Mark, and I think, you know, he and I are good artistic partners. Uh, we have fun on stage. We don't go out for dinner every day. And, you know, I hang out more with Kevin, you know, for whatever reason. Um, but it, I think it, it took a long time. And actually for us, there was other people that came in and out, and, and then Scott kind of showed up last. But it really was, 
it took till after Mark and I went to Saturday Night Live that we realized that you know the the pretty girl back in our hometown, our little small town, was the prettiest girl we knew, which was the other guys, and it wasn't because they they're necessarily funnier than the people who are on Saturday Night Live or the writers. It's just because they're our breed. We're we're just you know we just come from the same pop tent somehow, and so I think it was after that, and the, the decision was like, oh, we're not going back to Saturday Night Live. We're we're going to stay and do a show with these guys that we uh, I think I started to realize how important they were to me. I'm always I'm always really jealous cuz I, I I haven't really done this but I'm always jealous of people who have found a way to blaze their own path at at, at all costs. I mean, you have this you, you know, Saturn Live is sort of this tre- tremendous opportunity and um you know, certainly a lot of people have gone on from there, but did, did was it was it clear early on, you know, as somebody who again like might have been a little difficult to work with and was very um set in his ways especially, you know, at, at that age, was it was it a hard place to fit into for you? Well, yeah, it was because I thought there would be – like there was a lot of great people, but it was kind of being at a, a party with a lot of really cool people, but the party wasn't so fun. And I think I think there was a sensibility that, that we had or I had that wasn't the same as everybody. And I remember actually George Meyer who was one of the writers. He's one of the Simpsons guys. Mm-hmm. And he came and saw the kids in the hall years later and he said, I never understood you until I saw you live now I get it now all the weird shit you were saying and trying to do um, so yeah I think I thought I'd find people as weird as myself or weirder or not even weird that we would just have the same conversation yeah. and the great thing about y- your people which are the kids in the hall you don't have to talk about stuff we just know why why you know toast fucking is funny you don't have to explain it we just all laugh in the same way or something and so I think it's a Saturday Night Live I think I found myself trying to ha- explain why toast fucking was funny is that something that that uh that 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 goes away when you don't see them for you know not if you don't work work with them directly for 10 or however many years no i mean it 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 really is you know it it is always there that we always make each other laugh quite a lot and we tease each other you know it's like it is like it is family if you go home for christmas and in some way you become a version of yourself from years ago and you that you were and you kind of tease each other like you did when you were kids plus you're also adults now so it's it's an it's a bunch of things at once but no it does not go away it, it sort of gets back to the punk rock thing a little bit but um was the idea of getting the band back together was that ever uh something that you that you didn't want to do something that just felt you know kind of silly that you're maybe beyond that at that point in your life well i think there was a point like around 2000 like when we did the first tour it was yeah. kind of like uh we got to go on tour i guess people want us to and all the shows <laughs> sold out and then it was like oh of course you know um and then i think there was a point where it's like oh we get to do this yeah it's not the, sh- the theaters aren't full yeah no we can't take this for granted anymore and then you start to realize that you're doing it to be on stage with each other. You're doing it for the audience. But yeah. it's not like no one's making us to do it anymore. Yeah. We're just like these these weirdos coming from their from their their homes to, to do shows ever so often. What was your first when 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 the, 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 the troupe dissolved initially? I mean, what was what was your first thought as far as, you know, kind of going it alone? I mean, you know, you've done you've done production and writing and um, I'm. I'm a huge fan of the record, the, you know, the first one especially. Right. Um, what was – where did you immediately think you were going to go from there? What did you think you, you were going to do? Well, I thought I was going to be a film director, and I did direct yeah. – I've directed yeah, yeah. four films. Yeah, but yeah. it was like – I think we all thought we were graduating college yeah. and we were going out. And then you realize 
that you're there's an there's an energy in the United States that we didn't understand coming mm. from Canada, and all of a sudden you're reading for pilots that you don't really want, but the energy around it. You know, I I think I thought I would be because I I've always prided myself, and people may say I'm wrong, but being the hardest worker in the troop, and I thought of course that would pay off, <laughs> but of course it doesn't. You know, I worked with Kevin Hart; he works hard, but but you know his 45 minutes in the afternoon that he works is more brilliant than what I would do all day long. So there's something about it's not just working hard. I think I thought I would, I don't know, go out and do what I do on my own and with other people. Um, and the weird irony is that in some in some ways, the stuff I do with the kids in the hall is more like myself than even stuff I do on my own. Yeah, I mean, and at some point you just, I don't know, maybe at some point you realize that that what you do is it, it is weird so it's not going to necessarily appeal to everybody you know that if, if you're not going to uh, dilute it down then it's going to have to be for a relatively small segment of the population right yeah and I, I don't think I ever knew that and I don't probably even still know that <laughs> like I always want yeah. to do my you know ha- have my thing be my you know have the people find my thing you know I have my books just out and sometimes yeah. you'll find it in a bookstore and there's one and then there's the wall is is papered with Amy Poehler's book which is a great book but it's just like yeah no I get it I'm not Amy Poehler yeah. I'm I'm just, I'm Bruce McCullough in the in the bottom <laughs> corner like the store and, display is mocking you yeah and if you a- if you ask someone they may have a copy of my book you yeah. know so and I I just as we've always I think wanted is to have people know we're in town to have people know we're still alive and to be able to find us and communicate with them because it doesn't matter you know when you're doing a show except to the success of if you're going to get another season whether six six million people watch it or 20 million people watch it it doesn't matter but of course it it means life or death for uh, a series but it doesn't to an artist what is that weird that weird american energy you were you were talking about before is it just because it's such a it's such a big country is it just the the entertainment industry well i think canadians like they don't compliment each other you know, and they're not really nice to each mm-hmm. other. You can have a meeting in Canada, and they just go, "Oh yeah, well, we like to do TV now." And you know, and in America, they go, "Oh my God, we're such huge fans of yeah. yours." And you kind of leave every meeting thinking you've got a job, you know, and everybody loves you. And then they—that's just—they come on strong. Is they gather all your phone numbers like a guy, some Euro trash in a in a nightclub, <laughs> and then they may or may not phone you back. So it's just. You don't get it at first. You don't get that people are being really nice and yeah. complimentary because we really, you know, we're we're the waspy Canadians who after 15 years go, yeah, you know, I kind of like you, right? And so we're not used to all the energy of and the talk of, of shit that ends up being stuff or not being stuff. You seem like somebody who would call somebody on their shit for saying that they're a huge fan. You, you you never quizzed anybody on that before in, in a meeting like that. No, you know, what I do you like about well, me. No, because you want them to be a huge fan, yeah. and you think, why else would I be in this room? Yeah, you know. And but I do find often, and maybe not so much now, but you know, certainly when we first came out of the kids in the hall, that the assistants would know who we were, but the guy I was meeting certainly might not. Yeah, you know. So you have to take it with a grain of salt, I suppose. So, so you you started directing movies and you did some pretty big ones. I mean, like you know, Mary Catherine Gallagher one was pretty big. What was that? What was that experience like for you? That's that's certainly a case where, where it's, you know, in a lot of ways, very much. Even though you're at the helm, not your vision. Yeah, well, I I didn't know that. I mean, that was kind of probably the end of me being a punk. Like, I didn't know hmm. that when 
that I wasn't really the boss, which I kind of get now when I've done other things for people or whatever. Um, I didn't understand that when Paramount came up to, to flew up on the private jet to see a cut of the movie that I had to be really nice to them. And then when they gave me notes, I had to write them down and pretend I was going to try to do all of them. Because now I go, oh, I think we can do that in a single. Yeah, oh, we can move that, that segment along. And I, so I think it was, it was really my education hmm. in the, the machine or a machine that a studio or Hollywood can be. Not necessarily bad, but just, you know, it's my friend Joe Russo always says that uh, directing is a blue-collar job, is that in a way you're not necessarily yeah. a visionary. Yeah. You try to get, make cool things, but you're kind of a grunt too. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there, there's the uh, tour school, but you don't necessarily get to do that on a no, Will Ferrell and, movie. Yeah, just based on you know based on the the size of it. Was were those still the, the big ones in particular? Were those still enjoyable experiences? Oh yeah, no, I mean, you know, what's more fun than just being with Will Ferrell saying you sure. have to, you have to put a girdle on now and yeah. him laughing his head off? And you know, the more it can be like a couple people or Molly and I or even Tom Green or whatever, it's just like, okay, is this cooler than that? Yeah, yeah, let's do that then. I mean, that's the only thing that the kids in the hall ever did. We, you know, we don't discuss things for six months and rewrite things and get notes and do storyboards. We just go, oh, is this cooler than that? And then we make it. And we make it uh, quickly, and then it works or it doesn't work. But that's a very uh, specific case of something that you know can't. I, I'm, I'm the sort of person where when I make something, I kind of like to move on from it immediately. I hate you know reading my stuff or revisiting it. But that's a case of something where um, you, you've done this big movie, and, and granted, maybe you know you're not doing the junkets that that Will or Molly are doing, but you have to go out there and support this thing for for a year. And that, I mean, what what when when a movie like that doesn't you know, isn't isn't the box office success necessarily that they wanted it to be? What right. what is that experience like? Just kind of carrying that around for a year. Well, I mean, I think you know that's probably one of the reasons. And I also did the Tom Green movie, which yeah. was Stealing Harvard, which was, you know, I think actually Superstar did kind of well for me, and I got I actually got lots of job offers mm. from it. One of which ended up being, you know, uh, Stealing Harvard, the Tom Green movie. But you realize after doing that that you really do, if you're involved with someone whose career does poorly. Uh, as Tom's did at at the moment yeah. just before we did that, you you go with them, yeah. and you know I did a pilot for Kevin Hart uh, uh, like a, nine months before he blew up, <laughs> and you know you're part of someone's career, but you know you follow in the in the wake of what their boat is creating in many ways, yeah. and also too I th- I think of it in a real serious way like um, I you know if you're trying to create a show with someone and i've done it with some big talent that has worked out not worked out it's like oh their career is in my hands for a little bit and mine is in there so you really have to think about your partnerships you know uh long and hard even though you don't get a chance because you you meet someone in a room and you go okay let's do this you know and then you're you're setting sail for a year or something so that's the problem in a way for me with films is i maybe get a little bit bored sometimes yeah uh, that's why I, th- well, I think I like doing TV a little bit better. I would I would think in a in a way you know especially especially the show that you're doing now it's very different from from Kids in the Hall um, in a number of ways but particularly the fact that you are committed to a character for the run of the show right um, seems like there's a lot more opportunity to get bored doing something like that right than just working on a movie for a set of yeah time. but I because I'm the creator of it and the producer and I direct some it's just like. I, my character is like a bonus that I get to perform. Yeah. You know, I don't think of myself as a performer, yeah. really. I just, I do it begrudgingly. Um, and I do it with the kids in the hall. And I'm not, I'm not in the waiting room with Bob Cat Goldthwaite trying to audition for a part. 
not the bobcat. No, he's actually doing pretty well in yeah, the director doing, in front of us. Yes, terrible well. example. Yeah, Chris. bad example. I'm not a good example guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, no, I don't think it's. I, I I don't mind that at all. Like sometimes, I don't have to. You know, I, I've never done a one man show where I do all my characters. I've done one where I go out and I talk and I tell stories. So it's not like you yeah. you have to do a number of things to keep yourself interested. You know, I don't. I don't need to do twenty characters. One is probably fine. Yeah, that gets, that sounds like a miserable experience. As people who go out there and do, <laughs> and do, and do, you know, and play every single role as they yeah. sit on stage. That sounds just awful and on both ends of the yeah. situation. Um, how did the? So I, I mean, I have to ask you about the the record. Was that was that just a case of you kind of you know getting bored doing what you're doing, and or how how, how did that? How did the first one come about? At least, um, I just got asked. You know when. And this was me not like having any sense of that I wanted to really succeed in 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 some weird way. When you know, I got lots of offers to when people used to make singles to do the Daves I know, and it's like I'm yeah. not fucking doing that. Yeah. And then I this guy from Atlantic, Tim Summers, who was a really good guy. He had the presidency of the United States and America, and Hootie and the Blowfish. Sure. And he found me, and he said, "We'll do a record, and you don't have to do, put the Daves I know on it." And I was like, "Okay, I'll do that." And then of course. I ended up putting Dave's I Know on it because I listened to it once in the recording studio. And it's like, yeah, that's a pretty fucking cool little song. Um, so he, it was one of those things that I was just asked to do it and I was smart enough to say yes to. Because my impulse used to always be to say no to everything. Is that is is that is that a thing that gets brought up a lot? I mean, is that is that a thing that, that, that people have really that, – that really sort of connected with people over the years? It is. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I – I'm shocked, and I don't know how many it's sold, but I'm I'm still signing them at shows, and I don't know where people get them, you know. And that's that was actually one of my impulses to to I did a second record called the Drunk Baby yeah. Project, which was I was so tired. That was about a decade later, right? Yeah, I was so tired of being at shows and people going, um, we I, we can't find your record. Is it going to be out on you know? Yeah. Are, are they going to put it on vinyl? It's like I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with my record, and, and in fact, not being able to get some myself. So, um, but yeah, no, it was it's cool to have three to five to eight people at every show if I sign after and often don't because we're whisked away or whatever but to sign a, a shame-based man thing for sure so so you know you get married you have a couple kids does it feel like you know does it feel like now it's time to maybe get a little more focused in the career now that I'm actually supporting oh no life? no no I've yeah. al- I've always been a work pig I've yeah. always been super focused actually when I had when I started having my children I started I think before I probably took too much on, and now it's so it's so much easier to go. Oh, that's not on my path, you know. I don't have a hundred days to do that, and it isn't it isn't the thing that you really want to do that that is ever knocked off your plate. It's yeah. it's a kind of a favor for someone that in your heart you think might not go, or there's some something people want you to rewrite, and you kind of like it, but you don't love it, and so those fall away. So I think it helps your true calling in a way. But I'm not I'm not I've been lucky to f- I've found money and through my life um so i'm I, i'm not super worried about the bottom line um maybe i should be maybe i'm stupid i don't even know how much money i have um not that i'm rich but i you know what i mean i don't know <laughs> yeah. what i have sometimes i get my bank when i pull out money and go oh wow we have that much money in our account how did that happen um but i've i've been lucky in that way and i even as i get older i just want to be more efficient but still keep working on stuff that i'm obsessed with it's it's it must be nice though i mean and and this is just i i guess the, the way that i look at it because i've i've been freelancing for the last year for the first time in my adult life and i kind of hate it i kind of hate the uh i mean I, you know i i like 
obviously doing my own thing, but going out and having to hunt things down and having to sort of cobble together this career out of all these dissonant projects. Um, there must be something at least sort of kind of comforting in having this 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 show. I think you guys just got picked up recently for the second second series. We're we're right on the bubble of it, but I, th- oh, okay. I think it will happen. Yeah. I, oh, I saw a thing yeah. that said you did. So, yeah. <laughs> but 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 in, in my, in, um, I mean, do you like the consistency at all? Yeah, and listen, the true consistency is the kids in the hall. I mean, it's yeah. so great. Each time I've you know when I did my superstar and dog park came out like two weeks apart and it's like oh i had a kids in the hall tour right after Uh, you know it is it's not like putting on a wet bathing suit anymore it's like oh it's so great to have the comfort of these guys and they annoy you um and titillate you in equal amounts but it's really nice to have the brotherhood of that thing to go back to where did the uh where did the miniseries come from um, that was actually my idea. It was in the last tour, the live tour, we spent some time, and, and I just had a two-page outline. I just thought we should do a miniseries. And I ended up kind of shouldering that. And I think and so I was the executive producer, yeah. which is kind of a freaky situation for us probably. But I endeavored to be the kindest, best <laughs> executive producer ever, and in a way to kind of make up for the curmudgeon I was in my 20s and 30s where I always wanted my way. It was nice to be... Uh, trying to figure out what everybody else in the troop needed. So you're 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 easier to deal with now. I, yeah, I'm sure I'm still a little something yeah. to deal with uh, because if if you deny your entire personality, then you're not you're not helping the the troop. You know, Mark and I had a little dust up the other <laughs> the other night in Hamilton. It's like, oh, now the tour is on. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, because if you're too nice, then um, you're not doing your job. And all of and all of us, could, we could all say that. It, it, what, what is the what, what's what's the prep prep like for a show like this? I mean, how much how much time are you guys actually spending together ahead of live shows? Well, we started writing some new material about a year ago. Mm-hmm. We did a few shows in Texas and Austin, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that. Um, so we put that together, and then we start a few months, kind of talking about what we'll do. And it takes a couple of weeks to get a conference call together, and then we really only kind of hit the boards uh, for like a week before the show. And and crash it together, and we've always done that. We've always had the adrenaline of putting together something fast, because um, uh, we 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 love it. We have adrenaline, but we get easily bored or or yeah. flat or something. So we're we were only together rehearsing for a week before we did our first show. I, I read somewhere you you were, you were uh, had sort of ex- explained part of the the, the troop success as being um, you know that that, that it was that. That it was kind of that uh, I guess like that being gay friendly played a, a pretty pretty big role in that, or at least sort of why why it worked. And at the at the time, you know, in in the eighties on on television, maybe it felt like pushing the envelope. But things have sort of come around to that since. Are are you still are you still pushing the envelope at all at this point? Well, I, I never think about it because yeah. I never thought we were. Yeah, you know, because it was just whatever was. Or in the same way, I never thought we were weird or dark. Mm. Just feels like stuff that's yeah. that's interesting to us. You know, ever so often you get near something like Doctor Seuss Bible or whatever, you know that there's there's a knee jerk group of people yeah. perhaps that will do something about that. But no, I don't think we ever think. I mean, I, about pushing the envelope. We just never thought we're going to really take down you know whatever, yeah, uh, homophobia or whatever. We just we just write our stuff, and if we like it, we do it. 
But if you, you know, I mean, I, I assume that there were probably some cases where you did have a little bit of a fight with, you know, the network or, or sensors. And- yeah, but you know what? I I also sort of postured. We all postured with that a bit. It wasn't as bad as we thought. Yeah. It was sort of a pre-negotiation so CBC would leave their hands off us. But they let us get away with way more than we yeah. could possibly get away with now, yeah. certainly on network. Yeah. Uh, Cancer Boy, I think, was a sticking point. Yeah. Hitler and, fucks a donkey. Yeah. There's, a lot of Bruce sketches in there. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was, and then and then they let a weird thing on the poo guy where I I'm a guy who's doing an ad for poo, yeah, you know, and I was with a big plate of poo. Okay, it it's very odd, um, but I think that's actually only a fraction of of our stuff because most of it's kind of insidious because it's social and weird. You know, I think there's probably some sexual stuff that we couldn't get away with, but we weren't talking about fisting. We were just talking about gay sex or mm-hmm. or whatever that was, you know. Um, I, I think we're, we're about out of time, but uh, is this, um, I, you know, I've got to, got to ask you the question, the, sort of the Rolling Stones question, is is this something that you can always always come back to in, in some way? Well, I think so. I mean, as long as, you know, we always are cognizant of not being the Beach Boys. Um, and I say that. Or at have, least not being ha- like love. Have, having loved the Beach Boys yeah. in one uh, sliver of their career. Yeah. You know, we do... You know, I say, listen, if we're if we're going to go to North across America, we got to crush heads, Mark. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, but <laughs> that we write new material and we keep it alive. Yeah. So I think, you know, if it was just us, and we're doing a couple chestnuts in this tour, but I think we are attracted to new material and new things. And even if we don't do something else on TV or movies, we keep talking about it. So that's our goal. It isn't to yeah. like, oh, yeah, we'll walk out and do, I do that character, then you do that character, and. Nothing changes, so, so, uh, so I think we can keep doing it. So Mark's got his his head crusher. What is 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 it the cabbage head? Do you have an equivalent to that? I think my Gavin is. I I don't yeah. really do ga- uh, cabbage head live. I don't know why. Um, I I was toying with the idea of a of a cabbage head getting Alzheimer's and hitting on women, using that to hit on women. But uh, I haven't done that. No, I ha- you know it seems like Gavin. I end up doing. Right. Well, you said you've said it on the podcast, and so now obviously it has to come true. Yes, I, you can't lie to a podcast or a cop. There you go, Bruce McCullough. Oh my God, how, how awesome was that? Uh, so, so exciting. What a, what a thrill it was to speak with uh, to speak with Bruce. Uh, the kids in the hall, absolutely on on my short list of, of uh, the the most formative things. Things that just came along at the the exact right moment in my life. And we we spoke about this a little bit during the interview, but you know, it's like it's like punk rock. Um, Kurt Vonnegut, Kids in the Hall, and maybe like two, two or three other things. Just uh, these, these, these little, these little glimmers that you get. That you know, maybe that there's, maybe there's, there's something else out there. Um, you know, we, we spoke about this a little bit. I think, and uh, I hate to say, I hate to sound like such an old man, but you know, now it's, uh, it's kind of easy to get everything all the time. But yeah, back, uh, back when, back when I was a lad, you know, just uh, coming home after school, turning on uh, Comedy Central, and just seeing the freaking what's the weirdest funniest greatest thing in the world uh so so great to speak with him uh really great to to, to see uh to see kids in the hall uh perform live it's it's been uh, it's been a number of years since i've seen them it's been a number of years since they've toured as well but uh, they did a couple shows out here uh, did one in port chester new york um never been there before lovely lovely strange weird town uh just a, an, an absolutely phenomenal show 
they uh, I got I gotta say like you know I, I didn't I didn't really know what to expect going into it I thought it would just be uh, them coming out and rehashing some old bits there was a little bit of that but man the the the, the new stuff that they that they wrote for the show just you know, blew everything else out of the water so um, really phenomenal to see them doing that hopefully they will get back together and 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 we'll do more things but Bruce has been very active um, young drunk punk just got uh, picked up for a, a second series do they call it series I think they call it series in Canada as they do in in, in the UK uh, uh, it's on uh, city in Canada I'm sure that there are other ways for you to enjoy it as well I've, I've, I've enjoyed it other ways as well you can, you can find it on the internet if you know where to look um, his you know he's, he's got a number of books out he just had a book come out recently and we and again you know this was uh, so the interview was we had to keep it to 30 minutes. I think we might have gone over a little bit, but we were supposed to keep it to a, a strict 30 minutes. So I think in the end, um, it, was, it was much different than the usual R.A.Y.L. interview where we, we've got uh, the luxury of time and, um, you know, are, are able to just sort of have a conversation. I think as I was like, as I was, I, I, I saw the, the, the finish line on the horizon, I was just kind of throwing out questions and I absolutely had to ask him about uh, Shame Based Man, which to this day is my, my, my favorite comedy record of all all time if you haven't checked it out i highly recommend that you do and you know i'm gonna say it because he was on my show um and not just because he was on my show but but now that he's been on my show i feel comfortable saying this he was my favorite thing all always always a huge fan of uh, bruce so uh thanks so much to him for for taking the time to do that uh they I think they've still got, as of the um, posting of the show, I think there will still be a, uh, a few live kids in the hall show. In fact, they're, they're coming back to, uh, to New York at, uh, at Town Hall. So, so absolutely, if you if you have the opportunity and the off chance that all those things aren't completely sold out by now, absolutely go see them. I highly, highly recommend it. And you just, what a lovely human Just do everything. Just do everything Bruce puts out in the world. Just, cons- just read and watch and listen and consume it all. Um... I want to dedicate that one actually to, to my sister, who's uh, who's who's been uh, who's been sick of late, and that was uh, this was our this was our bonding thing growing up, kids in the hall. It was uh, the, maybe maybe the maybe the only thing that we we could agree on. We were um, uh, two of let's say uh, four people who saw that movie. Uh, in, in, we were in the theater to go see uh, Brain Candy when that came out, uh, and you know and. <laughs> And that was, you know, and again, that was always sort of the, the, the appeal. I'm sure that they didn't want it this way, but uh, like like so many other great things out there, um, you know, like so much other uh, uh, sub subcultural culture out there, just kind of the idea that you've, you've stumbled upon this this weird and magical thing that that uh, not everybody else knows about. Um, thanks so much to him. Uh, thanks to you guys for, as always, for listening. If you liked what you heard, you can shoot us a line. It's uh, shoot us a line. Send us an email. It's uh, pingus at uh, rylcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Tumblr. That's rylcast.tumblr.com. Uh, what else? Uh, we've got a Facebook page. Uh, rate us on iTunes um, if you liked what you heard. It's been a while. It's, it's been shockingly long since somebody's rated us over there. So uh, so do that. That will uh, that will make my. Day, or at least we'll make a, a few hours 
be slightly happier for a few hours. And that's worth it, right? That's worth a, a few extra moments of your time to, to make a guy that you don't know feel slightly happier for a few hours. So go do that. Um, I, you know, I, I've been mentioning this in the last couple of shows, but I, I started a gig recently. So, um, you know, there's there's a chance that in the uh, in, in the near future that there, we, there, there may be some gaps. We, we may not uh, have the show up every single week, but we will do our best um, to, to keep doing that. I've got uh, an interview coming up next week that I'm super excited about. Um, but I am in the habit of not mentioning these interviews until they're done. Uh, lots of great shows. You know, I... Uh, uh, last week, in fact, I spoke to, um, I went to a, a book con in New York City, and um, Jeff Smith, the the, the cartoonist behind uh, Bone and, and, and Razzle and um, uh, Shazam and lots of other great books, and John Leguizamo spoke to them in the same place, had two really great, very different, but very fascinating conversations. So lots of good stuff lined up. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We will be back just about this time next... Oh, thank, thanks to Brian, as always, for writing this thing together. We will be back just about this time next week with another episode of R.I.Y.L.